And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Culture is the culture. It's four to six A to B, competitive excellence, and the brotherhood. The plan to win uh, has never changed. So the culture here and the plan to win is always going to be here at Ohio State. Welcome back to the latest edition of 4 to 6 with A and B. This is Ari Wasserman. Unfortunately, my main man, my best friend in the entire world, Bill Landis, is on vacation somewhere eating a lobster roll in Maine or in the Northeast or somewhere. I don't know. But in his place, I'm pleased to announce that we have a, a pretty solid guest. Uh, I think that's a pretty big understatement, too. Uh, Brian Winhorst, national NBA reporter for ESPN. And I don't know if people know this about Brian uh, as they see him on TV talking about NBA free agency or the, the NBA finals or whatever is going on in the crazy world of that sport. Uh, he's a pretty big Ohio State fan, and by pretty big, I mean he watches every single game no matter what, uh, follows recruiting, and is pretty up to speed. So I wanted to bring him on and, and, and discuss some of these things with you guys because we've had dinners out in Omaha where he lives uh, when Ohio State's been on the road uh, in Lincoln and, and spent some time talking about Ohio State, and I thought it'd be fun if you guys heard his viewpoints too. And, of course, we talked about food. So without further ado, let's get right to the interview. And now to the main event. Brian Winhorst is joining me and you know I've made many trips to Omaha uh, to Nebraska for Ohio State away games uh, but you know the the friendship kind of started at the beginning right he helped me with career paths he helped me with uh, finding marriage he helped me with home ownership and, and soon hopefully uh, fatherhood Brian welcome to the show I just want you to know that I really 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 try to not text you during games you failed at that yeah, but I try, and I and I I want you to know that there's many times that I that I don't send you stuff. 
I mean, yeah, I like it though. You can, filter. you know, I get a lot the, of text. If the roles were reversed, I wouldn't want you to text me. So I, I apologize, but I, sometimes I can't help it. Yeah. I don't, I texted you one time about, uh, some free agency stuff and I, I felt annoying about that in the NBA and, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I try my best not to, but you know, that's what people are, are there for, right? The, well, you the, should, you should be texting me about free agent signings because I've definitely helped friends cash in on bets that's on, uh, why i text you yeah, i mean they yeah. have uh where will this person land 25 to 1 if you if you have a, an angle right. on it you know that's uh <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i've uh, i mean i'm not always right but i have uh, kicked some people in the right direction in the past yeah well i appreciate you uh taking some time during the nba playoffs no less and you know i'm sure everybody listening to this knows that uh you're the main man on on, on the nba we see your beautiful face on television all the time but <laughs> yeah um but what people don't see and what I wanted them to, to experience is all these awesome conversations that we've had uh, over dinners and breakfasts uh, while in Omaha and other places in the country where we discuss Ohio State football. And I don't know if people know this about you. I know that they know that you're an Akron native, but do they know that you're an Ohio State fan and that you're very engaged? I don't know. I don't brag. About, I don't brag. Wrong word. I don't publicize. I mean, I, I, a little bit. I Back when I felt like you could tweet about things and not be, you know, attacked. Um, I would tweet about Ohio State a little bit, but uh, I'm really only a fan of Ohio State football and pro golf. And when you're a pro golf fan, you're more of a fan of the sport than, than a. I guess you can be a fan of a player, but I follow it as a sport. Um, uh, so really, that leaves me with Ohio State football. Not, I don't mean basketball. I hope they do well, but I don't really care um, uh, as the only thing really team that I root for. So hence, <laughs> I bother you a lot about, <laughs> about it. Uh, specifically on recruiting, because I am very, very, very much of a realist when it comes to um, sports in general. And I'm very much of a realist when I come to, I try to be when it comes to Ohio State. And I'm a realist in knowing that their future is controlled by how well they recruit. And so uh, it's obviously very vital. And uh, it's one of the things that you are on top of. It's the thing you're on top of. And so um, that's well, what do we talk about a lot? Yeah. Well, what are the, what are the things that people are most, you know, concerned with, not just in, in college football, but probably even more so in the NBA is, is transactional news. Right. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, college football has kind of been behind the curve a little bit, at least from a fan standpoint and understanding that that recruiting realm, that transactional realm is kind of what dictates who's good and who's bad. And, you know, I think we're kind of getting to the point now where, Recruiting is uh, being a mainstream college football fan means you're a recruiting follower the same way. If you were uh, an NBA fan, you want to know who your favorite teams, you know, trying to trade for or who they're trying to sign in free agency, because, you know, it's funny, sports are complicated, but they're also very simple, right? Who, who has the best players and who is the best team? And, you know, just kind of insane how hard it is or how difficult it is from a, a college football standpoint in terms of how to get those guys. But, you know, being a realist, I, I just was genuinely curious how you've been holding up uh, since the national championship game. And, like, what's your viewpoint from from your position and where Ohio State's football program is right now? Yeah. I was thrilled with the way last season played out. Um, obviously, they were, for a while, I thought they weren't going to play at all. And to, to lose, you know, the Justin Fields, you know, final year was going to be really disappointing. And so I know that it was terrible, but they were actually able to stitch it together and um, get into the playoff. And the victory over Clemson was as satisfying of a win as I've experienced in my career. I mean, I know that it didn't come with the national championship and that you know, this is one thing that bothers me about people who follow the NBA. You know, 
if a guy like has an incredible season and like wins three playoff rounds, but loses four to two in the finals or four, one in the finals, he's deemed a loser. I mean, it's a preposterous way of looking at it, but I can't change the world. I was so enjoyed. I mean, the, the enjoyment that I got out of that Clemson victory was, I don't think it equaled. (laughs) It didn't equal the last national championship because that was such an unexpected run, but it was such an enjoyable win. And in the fight, in the championship, like Alabama was way the better team, way the better team. I mean, how can you watch that game and say that the proper team didn't win? I mean, if anything, it's like, well, there's a reminder of how far the gap still exists there. I mean, I have been frustrated with Ohio State teams in the past that did not get the most out of their roster. I felt like they left stuff on the table. This team did not leave anything on the table. In fact, I actually felt from an overall talent standpoint, they were offensively, they were great, but defensively, especially they were a step below where recent teams have been. So I was thrilled with last season. Um, I was, you know, that I'll hold on to that Clemson win for a while. I mean, Joey Lawrence, um, uh, what what I said, Joey, Trevor, Joey Lawrence, just my age. Trevor Lawrence <laughs> is one of the best, most talented players I've ever seen. The way he throws the ball, like the way the ball comes out of his hand. Like I can understand why Urban was like, yes, I will go to the NFL to bank on this guy. I mean, he may fail, but my God, the way that guy plays, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I admire him. So to, to beat that, I do not admire Dabo Sweeney. He can go to wherever, but I admire the hell out of Trevor Lawrence. And so to beat that team, man, that was, I thought it was an awesome way to end the season. Well, I don't mean to bring you down a notch here, but you know, my favorite uh, win horse discussions are things that you're displeased with. Well, and I was just wondering, uh, what are your uh, all time Ohio state fan uh, regrettable memories? Like what, what team do you think, you know, to, to refer back to, ones that were you know, maybe left a few things on the table or, you know, <laughs> games or whatever, but like, what, what do you look back? Let me, let me phrase it this way, Brian, if you could go back and change one thing about, you know, Ohio state football's history that would help you sleep better at night, what would that one thing be? The Michigan state game, Ezekiel Elliott, six carries or how many carries was it? I think it was nine. Wasn't it? Fine. Fine. Nine. And I know he was in the hospital that week. And so I'm not, I haven't forgotten that, but that game, the game plan for that game, just in general, not, not giving the ball to the best running backs. Um, this was a conversation that you had and I had about Mike Weber versus JK Dalek, JK Robbins. God, I might sound like a fool with these screwing these names up. I thought JK Dobbins was every bit as talented as Ezekiel Elliott, maybe not as good of a blocker, not as good as a pass catcher, but like, Running the ball, I trusted J.K. so much, and it would drive me crazy when they gave the ball to Mike Weber, when they would take J.K. out for possessions. I couldn't stand it. And by the way, you're talking to somebody who watched on the live stream the day that Mike Weber announced where he was going to college, because even though it had been reported and and committed and all stuff to Ohio State, I still thought there was a chance he wasn't. So I was excited about Mike Weber. But it drove me crazy, and it was a it was a scar tissue from Zeke Elliott. And when I went, oh, you I think that your to, J.K. Dobbins issue was more driven on the memory yes. of the fifteen Michigan State game because I'm not over it. I'm still not over it. Um, that I really do believe, and you could probably debate me on this, and you'd probably win. 
I think the 2015 Ohio State team is the best team of my lifetime. And I happened to go to the Fiesta Bowl that year because I like going to Phoenix. I've spent some time with you in Phoenix, your hometown. And uh, so I went to the Fiesta Bowl that year uh, when they played Notre Dame. And as the Buckeyes were romping Notre Dame. <laughs> you texted I was, me that game. I was you actually, I, was, I probably said, You said you were nauseous. I was, I was melancholy <laughs> because I was watching them tear Notre Dame a new one and Zeke just killing them. And I was like, this is the best Ohio State team in my lifetime. And they're playing a week early in Phoenix because the, I think the uh, national title game was like a week later or what I don't know, whatever it was. Yeah. The, the, the game was in Phoenix and I was just disgusted. And, you know, I know Michigan State, and I know a lot of things happened. Um, but I just, it, that, that loss disgusted me, you know, underachieving with that, with that talent. I mean, you know, like the draft, it was like they were calling Ohio State names for the first three hours of the draft that year. They kept calling Ohio State names. I was just like, <laughs> this is the most talented team they've ever had. So I'm not over that one yet. But getting the Clemson win was great salve. And, um, you know, the national championship year where um, – you know, JT Barrett is laying on the field and his, I mean, I can, I can still see the camera shot in my head. He's laying on the field and they show the overhead shot and you can see his leg is sideways. I mean, you can mm -hmm. see his ankle is destroyed and that was against Michigan. And I remember thinking in that moment, that's it. That's it. Um, and so to, to not even think that they were going to get invited to the BCS, even if they beat Wisconsin, to destroy Wisconsin, beat Alabama. I mean, the, I mean, those two wins, I mean, not only were they great wins, but they were um, just so unexpected. I mean, I expected to beat Wisconsin. I thought they could beat Wisconsin, but not like that. And then to beat Alabama was amazing. And then they just totally outclassed Oregon, just outclassed them, just, just outclassed them. And um, uh, so that was great. 2019 team, the loss to Clemson, obviously stuff happened. I am not a guy who blames officiating. Um, I thought it was just a horrible, horrible break that um, the ejection that happened when, when they hit, when they hit Lawrence, I don't mm -hmm. who, who was the guy who hit him was the defensive back. Yeah, it was um, uh, Sean Wade. I just felt it was a terrible break. It was a disgusting, disgusting, uh, bad break. Um, and I, you know, so that was a very disappointing season. And then 2015, very disappointing. So those two at the, at the top of the list. So I wrote a column this past week. I don't know if you caught it, but I wrote a column that the expansion of the college football playoff is going to change the fan experience for Ohio state fans and, and take away those grueling, uh, regular season games like the 2015 game that you will never forget for the rest of your life um, because those those losses aren't going to matter anymore. And as an Ohio State fan, uh, you would have seen the 2015 team that romped Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl get another chance in, in an expanded yeah. playoff field. Yeah. And I'm wondering, you know, from your experience, uh, you know, loving these teams and, and watching these these games, what your take on that is? Are you excited that Ohio State's going to make the playoff every year, basically, no matter what, moving forward? Or I mean, they you... pretty much make the playoff every year anyway. Um, well, yeah, I, know I mean, they had that. You they just, had that one year. Your life where, has been ruined by a season that wouldn't that know, wouldn't have played out the same way. I know, but 
that wasn't so long ago. But I'm that's not why I'm angry. I'm not angry because it was a 14 playoff. I was angry at the head coach because um, I thought the head coach is a great CEO, but not a great coach. And I'll, and I still say that. Um, yeah, it's and to me, I'm way more interested in the uh, name image likeness changes because um, Ohio is dragging its feet. And, you know, we've, the, the recruiting game is so competitive. I don't know how these guys um, don't just completely burn out these coaches because the recruiting game is so intense when you're recruiting 80 players. And, um, you know, the transition year between Urban to Ryan Day, they had a letdown in recruiting that year. And, and I, you could feel last year's team, there was a, there was a talent absence. You could feel the recruiting miss here. And um, uh, getting Sermon was a terrific pickup, and that saved their bacon to uh, to win the Big Ten. But um, you just can't have a letdown in recruiting year. So I'm way more interested in what their name, image, likeness game is put together on than I am about the expanded playoff because you're either going to be good enough to get it done or you're not. You're either going to execute or you're not. Uh, you know, uh, I. Ohio State has never missed the playoffs, and I felt that they got screwed. If they had a loss, I mean, I don't think Ohio State has been soundly beaten in a regular season game where, that I have accepted uh, in a long time. Like the Iowa game, they were soundly beaten, but I was disgusted with the game plan. Um, Michigan State game, they were beaten, but I was disgusted with the game plan. Uh, I don't think that they're going to get I – don't, I don't have a problem – I don't have a pro- I didn't have a problem with the 14 BCS because if Ohio State takes care of business, even if, you know, like last year, had it been a normal year and they had gone and lost at Oregon, I don't think they would have, but let's just say they did. They would have had time to recover from that. If they had gone out and, and swept the Big Ten and won it, they would have still been back in there. So um uh but I'm I'm looking for as much NIL information as I can get. And there's not that much out there. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Well, you're around uh, a big time business with with athletes who make a ton of money and endorsements, and probably I, I don't know if this is real. I'm making this up off my head, but you can tell me. It, it seems to me that NBA players are, you know, for the most part, seem to be most marketable. I don't know why they they seem to be in the most commercials. They seem to be, you know, in the spotlight a little bit more. I I don't know. Maybe I just made that up. But as a college football fan. As you see the Supreme Court uh, ruling earlier this week, the NIL stuff coming along, 
Nick, what's your take in terms of just, you know, monetizing these players and, you know, being around NBA people who are driven, you know, by money and in the business at that sport? Do you think that college football is going to change because of it? Hell yeah. Um, You know, like I live in Omaha, Nebraska, and the television is proudly living proudly and the television is chock full of former Husker players cashing in on their on their uh on their situation um uh restaurants car dealerships uh grocery stores there's a guy on who lives on my street who was a terrific baseball player at nebraska actually played in um in the major in the in the majors for a little bit he has a spectacular meatpacking business uh that is based on the fact that he was a great husker athlete um, you know, it's not, a, it's not glamorous, but he lives a, a really good life, um, based on, I mean, you know, Greg Crouch is, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's Taylor Swift around here, walking around here. He, he has, a, he has, I think he's got a sporting good business or he's got some business where he's totally taking well, care Eric of Eric Crouch is that Eric Crouch. God, is this embarrassing? Oh, how yeah. Many names yeah. I'm sorry. I was like, God, yeah. it's so embarrassing. Um, it's like is that his dad i don't i i you know whatever i mean my mind is fried so um listen man it's june i get it so yeah so do i think in uh in in lawrence kansas in columbus in auburn alabama in tuscaloosa that there's not going to be guys who are going to pitch local car dealerships and be freaking driving 75 or a hundred thousand dollar pickup trucks or uh, sports cars, or they're going to just flat out get a check for going to the local um, uh, Kroger and doing a, a, a signing. You're damn right they are. I know, but and how is that going to change should. the sport? Well, if you're at Ohio State, you can say, listen, uh, listen, five star recruit, if you come here, you know, the last four or five star recruits here have had uh, a deal promoting, um, uh, uh, you know, whatever, pick your, pick your situation, you know, and we'll make sure you have that too. So then Ohio and, state is uh, going to get all the good players. No, it's going to be huge competition for all these good players because you know, you know, the Alabama is working on this and trying to make sure this is taken care of. Frankly, there's more money in Columbus than there is in Tuscaloosa. There's more money in Columbus than in freaking Columbia, South Carolina. So uh, that's why I'm saying, you know, uh, this, I think this swings it back around. So the thing about it is, it's like, you you think about this. Um, you would say th- you would say, well, um, this might favor a place like uh, like USC again because you know that's in Los Angeles. But people in Los Angeles don't care about UFC or U, uh, USC football the way uh, people in uh, in Clemson and you know in South Carolina you know feel about about football the way people in Alabama feel about college football the way people in Ohio do. And um, so to me, getting that squared away, figuring out what the rules are and how to take advantage of them, just like every other rule to get a player, you know, whoever gets ahead on that is going to is going to be able to flip the game. And there's going to be there's going to be a school out there that figures it out and changes its position. I don't know what school it is. I'm not smart enough to know. I would I would wager on some of the Texas schools, but um, there's some school out there that's going to figure out an edge and they're going to flip the game. Uh, but Ohio State is right in there because if you're a Buckeye in Columbus, you can do some things, and there's a ton of money in Columbus. There is a ton of money in Columbus. It's not as much money in Columbus as there is in Dallas, but in Dallas, there's a lot of people competing for it. In Columbus, you don't have any competition. So 
you know, I assume, I don't know, but I assume Ryan Day and Gene Smith and everybody else associated with that program are trying to get ahead on this like they would try to get ahead of any recruiting scenario. But I won't be paying attention to it because it's the next frontier. And these guys are going to go for the highest bidder, and they should go for the highest bidder. And um, But do you think that people are going to – I guarantee they're thinking to, about it in Baton Rouge. I'll tell you that. Yeah, just to uh, play devil's advocate here, though, and you're around the money aspect of athletes uh, much more than I am. But the money for being developed into an NFL draft pick and succeeding in the NFL is far going to outweigh how much a car dealership pays you. So do you think that this is going to go completely off the rails and that if somebody at Iowa State or Northwestern wants to pay a five-star prospect in Florida more money than Florida, Alabama, and Ohio State, that they're going to go there? Or do you think that they're going to maintain focus on the programs that have the tradition, the coaching, the facilities, and all the things that you still need to develop into into the player to get the real payday? Because it's kind of a what? short-sighted business decision to to shortchange your potential to go play somewhere because you're going to get more Kroger commercials. So like, I wonder like if the market well, is going to price if you're, itself. If you're a kid from meager means and you're trying to decide between Florida, LSU and Alabama, how are you breaking the tie? How are you breaking the tie? Now they literally spend by looking at the tens... NFL draft production of those programs. <laughs> That's how the tie is broken now. Yeah, I agree. But, but what if you, what if you have an option of all the programs and they all have great NFL draft production, you know, you look at Ohio state and Alabama, is there a problem producing NFL players out of there? Now, how do I break the tie? While well, Alabama's in the South, they're playing in the SEC. You know, uh, yeah, it's still going to be have and have nots, but it's one. I mean, why is there an arms race to build better facilities? Why is there an arms race to build better, um, you know, cafeterias? It's because anything that can that can swap the edge. Why is why do strength coaches make a million dollars a year? Because the strength coach can say, well, I took these players here and I turned them all into first-round draft picks, and now I'm going to do the same for you. It's a, it's an edge. And so, again, this is the same situation as this is going to be. I'm, I'm sitting here and choosing between LSU, Alabama, and Texas A&M. I can be a first-round draft pick in any of those three places, but this place I can also get $100,000 to take care of my whole family for the foreseeable future. And over here, it's fifty thousand. Absolutely, it's going to make. Do you think that the places are going to be handing out a hundred thousand dollars to? Yes. Like over and over and over again, when you have when you have certain when you have certain players on the team. I mean, you think about it. You think that a four star prospect is just going to grab a hundred grand from every car dealership? Like, there's a there's a finite amount of money here. I mean, like right. Well, it's it's a market. It's right. It's a market. I think the market's going to price itself more more reasonably than you're anticipating. That's my guess. Well, I'm going to tell you something, Ari. Most NBA players that I've talked to who tell me about their college days got paid. No, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't that doubt market that. Is Hundreds of thousands there. of dollars. That market is already there, and it's limited. Yes, hundreds of thousands of because dollars. Because I, and first of all, basketball and football are different because all it takes is one player in basketball and a college team to change everything. You know, now, now we're looking at. Like I, I don't know if every single player in Ohio State's recruiting class if is going to get a hundred grand. If you were a booster at Ohio State, how much money would you get ready for for Archie Manning? Now, it's a bad example. It's only because I yeah. only know how many seventeen-year-olds you could give a better Just example. Generic five-star prospect. The, the kid comes from money, right? So yeah. I don't know. If, it's not. That's a bad example, but <clears throat> come on. 
you know, I remember a couple of years ago, this is, this is where it reached its, its low point, not low point, high point, crazy point, whatever you want to call it. I remember LSU redid their locker room. This was before, I think this was right before they won the national title. And so, you know, every August they have all these videos, these players Mm -hmm. come back from summer and they show off their new uniforms, their new practice field, their new, whatever. And I remember at LSU, they put at every single locker in the, um, in the locker room, they put a lay flat seat like you would have on an international airline first class flight so that the players like you would sit in it would sit down in a seat and hit the button and the and it was the exact same thing you'd get on like Lufthansa first class from Chicago to Frankfurt and it would it would lay down and those seats cost like 10 or 15,000 dollars each and i remember thinking at some point, LSU was like, all right, we've got all this money literally pouring out of our ears. How can we spend it? But we've already built the greatest practice facility we can possibly come up with. There's probably some 35-person <laughs> jacuzzi and some wall where there's fountains coming off of it and you know, all this stuff. All right, we've already we've already spent money on that. We've already got coaching staff where everybody's filthy rich. Uh, we've already got the great recruiting lounge. We, you know, we're, you know, state of the art is, you know, we'll build another one in two years, but for right now that we've already spent all the money, um, you know, what have we, we've already got, you know, five-star chefs giving them the best food, but we've got this extra few million. How do we spend it? How do we spend? It? And then somebody was like, I've got an idea. Let's put $10,000 chairs at every at every locker that fold into to, 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 to lay flat seats so guys can take a nap. Johnson, you've got it. Actually, here's a hundred thousand dollar bonus for just having that idea. What's your what's your job? I'm the associate athletic director in charge of coming up with stuff to spend money on. Well, you just got a raise from 250000 to 300000 Johnson. Great job. And so when I saw that, I was like, you've got there's it. No, there's no limit. They are you know, because, you know, in the NBA, the NBA is a world soaked in excess. I mean, you would not believe the excess that exists in that world. And and yes, it's not in college football. It's not the same. There are, you know, 130 teams or whatever. And trust me, I went to Kent State <laughs> Can, until this last year, they're going to be good this year. By the way, did you know that? I'm very, very well aware, but they have to beat Buffalo, which they weren't able to do last year. Will um, they give up seventy? Maybe, but they might score seventy-five. Um, I think they're going to win the MAC this year. But go me, on. Continue. Let me tell you yeah. the difference yeah. between they have a terrific quarterback, Crum, Dustin Crum. I think he's got a chance to be an NFL quarterback, late round pick, but great quarterback. Um, at Kent State, until last year, in their practice field house, which is falling down they still had astroturf not field turf as in when you and i were kids the green pad stuff they still had that at lsu they had 1.4 million dollars in lay flat seats so i obviously know that there's still going to be have and have nots but the haves are going to attack this opportunity if you were a booster in college would you give the money to the program or would you give the money to a three-star prospect I would give the money to whatever. I think you're being a little bit ridiculous when you say three-star prospects. I'm talking about the super elite guys. There's 30 of them a year. 
there's money for that. No, I know, but 30 of them, already 18 or 20 of them are going to the same five schools anyway. Okay, well, then it's already they, happening. Well, if they're going to stay going to the same five schools, those schools better come up with the money to do it. As an Ohio State fan, I hope they got their 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 bleep together. I don't care what's going on at Missouri. I don't care what's going on at Purdue. I don't. Care I know, what's but going is Missouri going to use St. Louis as a way to win the SEC? I think is the real question here. Because it's like, is Ohio State going to still recruit really good players? I think the answer is yes. But like, I wrote a story a few weeks ago uh, for the Athletic that just said. You know, 55 or 60 of the top 100 players in the country only went to five schools last year anyway. So, like, the entire imbalance of the sport already exists. I got, you know, you can't say this in the job that you've got, but I can say it in my role here. Yeah, say That's it. fine with me because my team is one of the five. So, I want I want my team to stay in that top five. I yeah. don't want them to be behind, like Ohio was behind with all kinds of other advanced, you know, like I don't gamble at casinos. Um, <clears throat> I'm about to go to Vegas for 10 days um, to, uh, to cover Team USA's training camp leading up to the Olympics. Where are you staying? I will stay 15 minutes from the strip because I'm going to go out there and play golf on my off days. Uh, I actually will have to come down to the strip. I don't, I, I don't care about casinos. What I'm saying is I don't patronize. I mean, obviously I've gambled quite a bit in my life, but I, it's not a, not a big thing to me. I don't bet on sports or anything like that. But what I'm saying is it's ridiculous that Ohio took my entire lifetime to come up with casino gambling when all the states around it had casino gambling. It's one thing to take a holier than now attitude. It's another thing when all your money is going over to West Virginia and to Indiana and Kentucky. So and Michigan. So that's why I say the Ohio state is behind on the legislature with it because this is the nature of the, of the state. And I don't want them being behind the legislature of it to cause them to lose an opportunity to get a four or five or three five-star prospects in the next couple of years. That could be the difference between them winning it all and then sitting at home. That's my, that's, yeah. that's all that, that's all. I know we've gone a long time on this, but that's all I, as an Ohio state football fan, that's all I care about. I don't care about any of the other details. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see because I don't know if there's going to ever be a world where you have five teams operating at different rules than others. So, you know, even if the the state legislature is behind in Ohio, college football can exist if teams aren't all playing by the same rules. So they'll have to make a rule through the NCAA. All right, I got that bad news for you. They don't play by the same rules now. No, I know, but I just mean you're not going to have a situation where Florida can pay their play, their recruits money and Ohio State can't. Like the, the I'll, sport. I'll believe it when I see that. Yeah, I mean, because you can't even have different recruiting calendars, which was another issue last year when they canceled the season temporarily for the Big Ten and the SEC kept forging on it. Just like, well, then how are we going to do this from a recruiting standpoint? And they figured it out. So, you know, if the time comes where, you know, Florida or, or Alabama or USC is able to, to – to pony up money to prospects or their boosters are able to do that in any way they see fit and Ohio state can't, then you have a real problem. But I I'm very uh, on the back burner. If I were an Ohio state fan, I wouldn't be too concerned about that. All right. Well, I take your word for it. I always do. Um, so the other thing I, I wanted to, to move forward on is what do you think of Ohio state's positioning right now in the sport? Like do you, do you like where they are or does it, do you resent the fact that they're behind Alabama do you take last year and think that's the uh, microcosm of the entire way that things are in the sport? Or do you think Ohio State's actually closer than that? Well, I really like Ryan Day a lot. And my, my biggest concern is that Ryan Day gets lured away uh, to the NFL or something. Um, that was a terrific decision. Um, the, 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 um, the, way they, the way they handled it, even though it was painful, 
was probably all things considered about as well as it could have been handled the transition. Um, they made a really good job realizing that he was the guy that they wanted to do and they didn't let him leave. And um, whatever they did to whatever promises or whatever the money they gave him, didn't let him leave. Uh, what was it? Mississippi state or Mississippi old miss. Yeah. Was it? Mississippi uh, state. He turned that down before. Yeah. He'd, they, already, they kept he, he'd already been probably fun. Well, actually yeah. he would have been successful there, but you know, he'd have been seven and four or something. But um, uh, I, so I'm very excited about him because with urban, I didn't always feel like they had the uh, advantage at head coach. They had advantage at CEO and in recruiting Ohio state had the advantage against everybody, but Saban, um, you know, I guess Dabo can come in there and do a little song and dance. You know, he's to be honest with you, if a kid picks Clemson and Dabo Sweeney over Ohio state, I don't want the kid anyway. I, I mean, I'm serious about that. If that guy says I'm going to, what's your, what's your big uh, beef with Dabo? I'm not gonna. I'm, I'll say it, and it'll get out there. And um, I don't. I don't like the. I don't like. I don't like him. Um. So, uh, but I don't. You know. If, if, so you're you're preventing us from having the the money sound clip for the podcast. If if Nick Saban and and uh, and Ryan Day are sitting in a room, and a and a, and a mother or father says, "I want my son to play for Nick Saban," what am I supposed to say about that? I mean, how can you not respect that decision? Um. I, I I don't feel the same way about about Clemson's head coach. Um, so uh, and I, but I don't think I'm alone in that. So good luck to him. Um, but um, so I'm really I'm really pleased with the transition to Ryan Day. I hope he stays for another ten years. I think he does a great job coaching. You can see you can see them improving during the game. You know, like um, uh, when Ohio State lost that game to Iowa, which. It was one of the biggest deep pantsing of the coaching staffs I can ever remember seeing. Um, you know, there was things were going wrong very quickly in that game, and there was no recourse. Um, Purdue, the game is going wrong, and there's no recourse. Now, when things are going wrong early in a game, even the national championship game, they made. I mean, you know, talk about getting dealt, dealt a bad hand. I mean, they had just figured out the way they wanted to play because they had half of a season. They had just figured out and gotten Sermon to be this weapon. And then Sermon gets hurt on the first play. I mean, but even in that setting, they are able to figure out, they actually, you know, were able to close the gap for a little while. It, it was never going to happen, but you could see Ryan Day and the coaching staff working. So I, I like where they are. I realize that again, under certain circumstances, you're going to get into a recruiting situation where Ryan Day does not have the same cachet that Saban and Dabo do, and so you're going to have you're, you're a little in it, you're a little behind on that a little bit. But um, you know, I'm I'm you know, in my mind, Gene Smith's only job. I mean, he I'm sure he's got a thousand responsibilities, and it drives me crazy that when like the rowing team wins the big 10 championship, he gets like a $10,000 bonus. It's like freaking crazy, but whatever. His only job is the football team. That's his only job. Let's be honest. And raising money, but raising money is tied to the football team. And then his only real, real, real job within that, I mean, there's disciplinary things or whatever is to make sure the coaching situation is settled. And so there is a lot of athletic directors out there that botch football coach, let me tell you, out here in Nebraska, there is <laughs> since I've lived out here, there's been three coaches, and it's um, 
It ain't going so good right now. Um, getting the football coach higher right is absolutely vital and super duper important. And the only thing I would say that, that matters for Gene Smith and Gene Smith has grade a plus um, how they handled that thing with the bowl game, you know, and the eligible players or whatever, I wasn't so crazy about that, but he executed the urban Meyer hiring and then he executed the Ryan day hiring. And for that, he can go into the Buckeye Hall of Fame, as far as I'm concerned. So I am thrilled with where they are as an as a, as a, as a, as a program. I hope for better. I hope to close the gap on Alabama, but I'm happy with where they are. How much time do you actually spend following recruiting? Like, are you, do you find yourself on two, four? I mean, I know you've got a lot going on in the NBA. So, but I'm just, I'm curious, like, what, what is your temperament as a fan? I, you know, fits and starts. I mean, I'm not following it year round. And I'm, but I'm not just following it on recruiting. I mean, I obviously, I, I'm aware of it as it's going on. Uh, you know, I'm aware when Ohio State's in the mix for people. I'm aware when there's big commits and decommits and stuff like that. And, um, but one thing I'd say about recruiting, I, I will say that recruiting is the lifeblood of everything. But I also know that there are there are extreme exceptions. Of course, whoever got Trevor Lawrence was going to be a great program. There are every now and then those special players, but each each individual recruiting battle does not determine a, a whole program. Like you may lose on a kid here or have a kid decommit and flip over here. You're going to have setbacks. It's more about the whole the totality of it. Yeah. Do you no, agree you're right. with me? Yeah. yeah it's a hundred percent correct. Yeah. So like, you know, if it's like, Oh man, they, they had this kid that, you know, they had a five star and he flipped and instead he's going to, um, instead he's going to Georgia. Well, that sucks. But um, you know, there'll be another battle they'll have with Georgia and they'll try to win it. Uh, and so I, I look at it uh, like that. Um, yeah. In totality, you know, it's, it's how many players yeah. are in your program and it's yeah. a depth thing. Because and honestly, there's, there's studs who come through who, who um, don't make it. And I, you know, I, you know, um, uh, the Ohio States had Heisman trophy winners. that were the 25th kid taken in the class. Yeah. Uh, Troy Smith was a 25th kid. Uh, I remember I was, he, when they, I'm pretty sure the day that signing day happened, Troy Smith was the 25th kid they took and they had him listed at athlete. That's correct. So, so now Ted Ginn Jr. or Ted Ginn Sr. at Glenville had to convince Trestle to take him. And we're talking about an extreme outlier situation that doesn't happen overall, but it's an indication of, you know, it's a reminder of their, how the recruiting game works. Yeah. So um, I got to ask you a few, a few other questions. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when you make it to Columbus, where are your must, uh, must go uh, eating spots? I'm just worried that some of them aren't still open. Um, I like the Cap City Diner. Um, uh, what's the name of the place in German Village? Um, I love going there for Sunday. My my wife went to Ohio State Law School, and she lived in German Village for two of the three years. And um, God, what was the name of that place in German Village? Uh, sort of a fine dining place. I would go, we'd go there for breakfast on, on uh, brunch on Sundays. I loved that place. I could, I could drive there in my head right now, but I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm going to look it up before, uh, uh before I uh, forget. Um, let's see where else. Um, uh, what's the name of the Italian place in the short North? So here's the thing, Ari, I go to, you know, in non pandemic times, I go to yeah. cities all over America I don't always remember the names of places. I just remember where they are. 
um, uh, what's the name of the Italian place in the show? Is it Marcella's you're talking about? Marcella's. Yeah. I like Marcella's. Um, that place uh, is pretty good. But you were you were trying to pitch the best pizza in Ohio to me once, and it was in Akron, right? Yeah, but I so my my favorite my favorite um, uh, my my favorite place in um, in for pizza place in the country is this place called Luigi's in Akron. But I'm careful not is that to, is that a because that's like a, a a place that you have memories at and grew up eating, or is it because it's actually the best? I just really like it, you know. Um, but the thing about it is, is that it's a it's a little bit. Um, not everybody's going to like it. Um, Lindy's, by the way, is the name of the place in German Village. Yeah. Um, uh, not everybody's going to like Luigi's in Akron. You know, some people it's a it's a style of pizza that not everybody likes. In fact, to this day, they they make a small and a large, and I don't like the way the large is. They use different pans for the small and the large. And I like just like the small. Interesting, um, but um, but I, you know, I'm not gonna say. I can't believe I never ate there. Yeah, it's in I'm doing downtown. a Google image search of this place because uh, I want to see yeah. the eye test. It's yeah, old. It looks school. pretty good. Yeah. It's old school. Yeah. So when I Super worked at the cheesy. Akron, when I worked at the Akron Beacon Journal, I, which I worked there, believe it or not, for 15 years. You think I was really old when I told you that? I worked there from my junior year of high school um, uh, all the way through my first eight years of being out of college. So that was, you know, 14 plus years. Um, that place was open on the weekends until three or four in the morning. So what I would, when I was in high school and college, I would work these late shifts uh, on the weekends and even during the week sometimes in college. And that place was open until three or four in the morning. It's not anymore. But um, yeah, I love that. I love that place. So um but uh, I mean, that's one of my things is I go back out in the country, begin to start traveling again. I'm, I'm afraid that some of these spots that I loved are going to be closed. Didn't make it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be sad. Can I ask you this? Everybody likes to say that LeBron would have gone to Ohio State if he had to go to college. Is that even true? I don't think so. The thing about it is he knew when he was 16 years old that he was not going to college. So it was, they, the people stopped recruiting him when he, he so he had his, his sophomore year. Um, which is when he kind of broke out. Um, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated the next year, but he could, you know, the people who were in the business knew. He went to this camp in New Jersey and was the best player at the camp as a 16 year old. He was playing with, you know, 18 year olds and he was the best player at the camp. And all of, and that was back when high school kids, Kwame Brown had literally just been drafted, the number one overall pick like two weeks before. He comes and dominates his camp and all the colleges walked away. They said they weren't going to do it. And LeBron had this bit of a trick that he would do when he would go around the country, people would ask him, uh, where would you go to college? And he would say something that was um, nice for the local area. So like, I remember his first trip to um, Portland, his rookie year, I'm sure Nike gave this to him, but he came out to do his post-game press conference, head to toe Oregon Ducks gear, head to toe green and black, you know, whatever it was, cool swag. And of course, the local media is like, oh, LeBron, are you an Oregon fan? Oh, yeah. I mean, in Oregon was good in basketball at that time. Ernie Kent was their coach. Would you have come to Oregon? Oh, yeah. They were definitely a top three. Oh, this is going to be great. LeBron loves Oregon, you know. And then, you know, we, we know they'd be in Detroit. <laughs> LeBron, where would you have gone? Oh, man. Michigan State was my pick. Oh, my LeBron would have gone to Michigan State. You know, we're, we're in New York. Uh, where would you have gone, LeBron? You know, I really love the idea of playing. At the garden for St. John's. Oh, LeBron is going to play at St. John's. He played those people like a like a, you know like a like a string. 
Um, so honestly, he may be able to give you an answer today. And because he would say it. But I thought it was Duke. Like, well, that's from the horses. Because people always say, well, he's a Yankee fan. And he like liked certain things that weren't so regional. Like, wasn't Duke. Funny, man. When, when he first started working with Mike Krzyzewski, they hated each other. Oh, so it wasn't Duke. Okay. So now in the end, he and Krzyzewski ended up having a great relationship and he won um, two gold medals with him as the head coach. So, um, you know, uh, maybe in the end they would have gone out, but considering how they started, you know, if Krzyzewski had come in and recruited him, I don't think their initial relationship would have gone that way. What do you make, what do you make of his fanhood of Ohio state though? Cause he does go to games sometimes. He was at the national title game. They, you know, they have the, the videos of him dancing at, at the Michigan game. Like, like, do you think that that's just, um, you know, being from no, Ohio I, and supporting where he's from? Or, like, what, what is his fanhood of Ohio? Well, I've I never really gotten it. When he was a kid, he was a Florida State football fan for no other reason than Florida State was really good at the time, like Peter Warwick type at yeah. the time. He, you know, what, what was it? He was a kid, you know, he, he was a, he was, he, he was, he was a kid that didn't have a father figure in his life to have his father, even if his father wasn't rooting for Ohio teams, he didn't have his father or even a real strong male figure in his life to say, Hey son, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan or Hey son, I'm a um, Illinois fan or whatever. So he just sort of went with the flow. And when he was a kid, the Cowboys were good. The, the bulls were good. Florida state was good in football. The Yankees were good. You know, late nineties when, when the late was then the Yankees started getting going Derek Jeter and Rivera or whatever. I think they won their first title in like 96, maybe 96, 97. That's when LeBron was like, sixth grade so like that's all he just rooted for the for the front runners but i do think uses his ohio state fanhood in recruiting yeah well i think since he uh became an adult he's become a genuine ohio state football fan and i think he is he has bent over backwards to be able to make it to games um you know the, the national championship game was in dallas right yep so the the Cavs were in phoenix and LeBron had just come back from a injury. He had just missed like two weeks with injury. The team was in a bad spot. They were under 500. And um, uh, he was like, forget it. I have an off night. He got a, he got a private plane and flew it to Dallas. And, you know, everybody knew he was going to be there. And everybody's going to be questioning why he went. He's like, forget it. I'm going. I don't care. And he flew back and landed in Phoenix at like two in the morning and went, came out and played the next night and was great. But uh, no, I think the, the basketball thing, because of his Nike business, um, and you know Nike is going to put his shoes and you know position his shoes differently. He's a little bit more. I, I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't support Ohio State, but he's going to be a little bit more maneuverable. I do think he's a genuine fan of Ohio State football. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Okay, last question, and it's not about LeBron. Um, if you could make your perfect fast food order, one burger, <laughs> one fry, one chicken nugget, <laughs> and one side that's not 
with the traditional fast food items, what would you pick? See, listen, this this is going to cause a, a big debate. Actually, <laughs> you're from an area of the country where you have both choices. But if you want to start a real honest to goodness, square off and fight debate in amongst NBA people, you start talking about Whataburger versus In-N-Out. And uh, I don't think it's even a debate that In-N-Out has a better hamburger than Whataburger. Here we go. I think In-N-Out is preposterously overrated. You think the hamburgers are? Yeah. I think the, I think the fries are borderline unedible. The um, fries are, are what they are, but the cheeseburger hamburger is fresh and the most delicious. Well, listen, it's a good burger. burger. I'm not, I'm yeah, not saying it's not a good burger. For the price point too, you have to take into account as well. I'm not going to take account of the price point because I don't, I don't know what it costs and I don't care what it costs. It's not going to cost $75. So what's the difference about whether it costs $6 or $8? What's the difference? Does it, well, does like it matter a to Five you? Guys hamburger is an $8, is an $8 burger. Yeah, but if so you're going to wait fast in food hamburger. So this if is a fast wait, food discussion. Yeah, but if you're going to wait in line for 25 or 35 minutes to get an In-N-Out burger, do you, are you going to say it's $6 I'm I'm going to wait in line but at $8 I'm not? In fact, I just think it's if, a different class of food. Listen, if they had a separate line where I could pay double price, I could pay $12 for In-N-Out burger and I could get it faster, I would I would get it faster. That's a good business idea. I, I, I don't I don't I don't And actually make it an In-N-Out I mean, obviously, there is a price point at which you do not want to pay for a burger, but it is not a factor. In I know, my... but there's a different price point that that separate. And I'm not debating what you're saying. I'm just saying there's a price point that separates fast food from fast casual, and in and out at that price point can't be compared to fast casual restaurants. That it's a fast food burger, so we're comparing it to like the Wendy's, the McDonald's. Those are the burgers that it should be compared to, and Whataburger's in that same class. So, like, when you put a Whataburger on the table and an In-N-Out burger on the table, and you had to pick which one to eat, I, I would take the In-N-Out burger 100 times out of 100, and I, and I really like Whataburger. I, I think it's good. I respectfully disagree with you. I mean, uh, Whataburger has so many advantages. Um, specifically, their hours are better. They're 24 hours for Whataburger. I mean, you, you think know, it somebody- tastes better? Yeah, I do. I, I mean, look, I'm from Akron, Ohio, right? So people from Akron, they hold like now Swenson's is like a freaking giant franchise. Now there's like 25 of them. I actually um, think it's trash. I don't mean to be offensive. Well, so the I got origi- a galley boy once and I was very disappointed. Yeah. The original Swenson's is well, they've not they've since torn that down and built a really nice one across the parking lot. But yeah, back when there was one when I was a kid, it was in my neighborhood. Okay, so um, and that's obviously LeBron is known for really liking it. Every time the Miami Heat would come to Cleveland while LeBron was there, they would always uh, cater, if you want to use that word, they would always get Swenson's uh, for the Heat post game. Which back then it was kind of it was it was kind of a haul. I, I always thought it had to be cold, um, but since they've opened them in Cleveland, so anyway. But um, Swenson's is good. Um, I don't, I'm not dogmatic about it. I won't, I mean, it's a, it's a good burger. It's a drive-in place. Fine. Yeah. It's a great meal. If you have, you're with friends, it's a great time. Like I enjoy it, but don't get me wrong. I'm not proselytizing for it. So I'm, so just so you, so you, so you, again, I'm a realist because yeah. you frame it. I'm not like, oh, I'm, you know, going to say that such and such is the greatest because well, of it's your I'm preference. From. It's your preference. So if you had to pick I, the meal, like who, which burger are you taking? Which fries are you taking? Which yeah. chicken are you taking? I mean, the, 
to me, at, at in and out, I wouldn't even. You get the fries because they come with the combo, or whatever. But I, I, I could take them or leave them, and that's not a good thing. But you wouldn't take in and out's burger either, so they're out completely. No, I mean, it, like if you said to me, if you and I were in Vegas right now, and you said, "Hey, let's go to In and Out for lunch," I wouldn't slap you across the face. I would go, but if you're asking me if there was an in and out on this side of the highway and there was a Whataburger on the other side of the highway, I would yeah. go get Whataburger and I would, and I would be in line a lot, lot shorter. Well, in Dallas, the Whataburger lines aren't short. Um, but like just if you had to pick your ideal meal that had one hamburger, one fry, one chicken nugget and one side from anywhere in the country. And it was all on your plate right in front of you right now for lunch. What would your choices be? Well, the, the best chicken sandwich is Chick-fil-A. I don't even think that's much of debate. I haven't had this Popeye's one yet, though. So maybe somebody could say that. I don't really go. I don't really move in places where there's a lot of Popeye's. The only Popeye's I know of that I would pass was in the Detroit airport. And that's the truth. Um, the best burger, I would go with Whataburger if I had any choice in the country for a fast food burger. Best French fry. I don't. I don't really have a. I can't differentiate. There's a. Um, there's a uh, a fast food chain here in Nebraska called Runza, which is very well mm-hmm. appreciated here. I think Runza has great fries, but you know McDonald's. You're a crinkle fry guy. This is amazing that you know that they have crinkled fries. Yeah, come on. Who are you talking to here, guy? I mean, you have crinkle, crinkled fries. Crinkle, are good, crinkle fries are the worst fry in the entire. Well, fry here's the family. problem. The problem is they have to be crisp. If they're not crisp, they're bad. So, you know, McDonald's fries, whether they're whether they're crisp or whether they're soft, I think they're they're good either way. There's a very you can accept the variance either way. Um, <laughs> McNugget, I mean, Wendy's probably has the best, but McDonald's, I think, Wendy's probably has the, I think probably Wendy's. But McDonald's is right there. It's neck and neck and go either way. And what was the other? And then is there like a specialty item? Like for me, I'm a big filet fish guy from McDonald's. Yeah. Is, there a, is there a fast food item? Is that item a specialty that... item, filet fish I don't know. What do you think? It's not a traditional uh, order at a fast food restaurant, the, the McDonald's fish sandwich. Is there a, is there a McDonald's? Is there not a McDonald's. Is there a fast food item you know that's, what? that's not? You know what? There is. And um, <laughs> now that you say it, <laughs> I think you were the person that really opened my eyes to this. Um, the I McDonald's, can die happy. The McDonald's draft Coke. Yeah. It's different, right? Um, it is. I don't, um, I really try to avoid drinking soft drinks. I really try to just drink water and I don't, I don't drink anything. I don't drink alcohol. I really only drink water. Uh, I obviously enjoy food. Um, I don't, don't I don't drink caffeine. I don't drink alcohol. I don't smoke anything. I do like to eat, as anybody who sees me can attest. Um, but when I do, when I when I do decide that I want a soft drink, I pretty much will only want because I'm only going to do it every now and then. Yeah, you don't want to waste it. I pretty much will only go for McDonald's draft coke. It tastes different. It's more it refreshing. It's a, it's, it's it incredible. And now it doesn't even matter because that's pretty much the only thing that I would drink. And really, if I was offered a Coke, like if I was someplace where it was, it was like offered to me, I would only really want it. Um, if it was out of a fountain, um, 
Yeah. Uh, I, you know, if I'm going to if I'm going to break with my desire to not drink soft drinks, and I'm going to indulge, I would only indulge out of a fountain. I would not. Uh, I would not want uh, out yeah. of a can or, I, or a I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, uh, I don't know what the, you could Google it. I've I actually, googled it before. They put like hydrogen in it or something. There's a you, chemical they put in. I it. did no, I did read up on it, and um, there's obviously different people who say different things. But I think one of the things that they say it's so good is because they transport it cold. Okay. It's not transported like in a warm syrup. Um, it's transported cold all the way through. And that's a priority that they've made. I don't know what they do, but keep doing it because it's yeah. real. And people like look at you going, what are you talking I about? Would it's real. I feel confident that I could absolutely be given like four different, um, you know, yeah. you know, glasses of Coke and ice. And I could, I feel, I feel confident I could, I could, I could tell. The I could too. Yeah. Well, Brian, I really appreciate it. I told you I was only going to go 20 minutes and we went 55. I so. wanted to know about, I wanted to know. Do you have um, any questions for me? Yeah. As an Ohio I State do. fan? Yeah, let's do it. I wanted to know about, um, is it uh, Trayvon Henderson? Is that how you pronounce his name? Yes. You can just call him Trey. Um, this is a vital, I mean, obviously their linebacking core is very important this year. So it was, I thought their linebacking core was was one of the weaker cores last year of, that I've seen in my Ohio State fandom career. But I really want to know because uh, um, uh, Master T can't be their lead back. I know he will be their lead back. Like, you know, he'll start the games and they'll give him the first few carries. He can't be their lead back like when it matters. So uh, is this kid ready to, to, to play that role? Yeah, well, I, I think that if you go watch his tape and you, you find that he's a five-star running back, He's probably, and I and I don't know if this is a controversial thing to say, the most complete running back they've ever signed out of high school ever. And I don't know. Yeah, and he, if, he already had his black stripe taken off in spring. Yeah, I, is, is, like, is that normal for freshmen? Sometimes it happens. I, I don't okay. read too much into it. Um, okay. But the fact that he got it off early is always an indication that things are going well. I don't know if that's an indication that he's going to be a star, you know, right away. Fair. But what I do yeah. think is an indication that he's going to be a star is that he's really, really big. He's really, really fast. He's agile. He's got one of the most insane highlight tapes I've ever seen and, like, will probably be the starter as a true freshman. And that's not an easy thing to do at Ohio State. And the one thing that I'll also – Well, it want... has to do with what they had in their running back room. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, but... it, it still shouldn't – I mean, because Mayon Williams is pretty good. You know, they've got you know some He's guys fine. in there. He's fine. Um, to, to start right away. But here's the thing about recruiting that people – recruiting seems to be straightforward, but it's really not. They – grade these prospects when they when they rank them they take into account their position and they use the nfl draft as an indicator so if you play a position like interior offensive lineman for instance like a center the reason why you don't see five-star centers very often is because centers aren't typically taken in the first round of the nfl draft so to become a five-star running back you are overcoming the odds because your position isn't necessarily a position that is 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 deemed first round Mm-hmm. you know worthy so the fact right. that he rose up in the rankings to where he was is an indicate he's not just a five-star player like everybody else's that they sign he's a five-star running back which i think carries a little bit more weight than five-star linebacker five-star cor- there's a lot of five-star corners because those are very very premium positions Yeah, a lot of so, first round corners right so you know to me my expectation from the day that he signed was that he would start the first the first year and i don't know you know, back in the day with recruiting rankings, I can't even remember what Maurice Claret was when he was a freshman, but no freshman has ever been 
as important as Maurice Claret was to the O2 team. Um, I don't know if I would ever put expectations like that on any true freshman, but my the expectation greatest play is, of Maurice Claret's career was a defensive play. Yeah, I agree with you. It's in a, you know, also that, in Phoenix. Yes, it's a really great city. Uh, By the I, way, I, I was in Phoenix. I was in Phoenix. I was at the O2 game. I was at the 06 game. Was that 06 or was it it was into 07 the uh, Florida The Florida game was 06 at the it was 07 okay. January 07. Okay, yeah. I was at that game. I was at the Fiesta Bowl where my heart was breaking cuz they were winning so big with it. And then I was also in Phoenix with with the Cavs when they won the, uh, you mean the 05 of, Fiesta Bowl when they beat Notre Dame. I was at the game. It was oh, your heart breaking oh, then game? too? No, no. The 05 Brady Quinn yeah, they played the Fiesta Bowl and beat Notre Dame. That was, yeah. in my opinion, here's my hot take. I think the at the end of the 05 year, that was the best team in Ohio State history. I have to go back and look. I just, I mean, I just know that AJ Hawk is one of my favorite mm-hmm. um, Ohio State players of all time. It was like Troy um, Smith blossoming, and Santonio Holmes and Ted Ginn Jr. were on that team, and you know, well, that was a team that almost beat Texas in that year. Texas, of course won the national championship. Yes, well, Texas was just a great freaking win. Vince Young driving down the field. Again, you lose that game and you feel par- terrible, but whatever. Um, I will say some things, things I'm not over. I'm not over Paul Plavlovsky winning the Lombardi Award over A.J. Hawk. He won the award over A.J. Hawk because, because Penn State beat Ohio State that year. I think it might have been the next year when A.J. was a senior or his last year when he was a junior. A.J. Hawk was one of my favorite Buckeyes of all time. So, and I never thought Brady Quinn was that good. And I never thought Notre Dame was that good. And when the Browns got Brady Quinn, I was completely nonplussed because I was not excited about him at all. Are so, you a Browns guy? I, I want the Browns to do well and I follow the Browns, but if you're going to ask me whether I would want the Browns to win a playoff game or Ohio state to beat Michigan, hell you can ask me whether the Browns win a playoff game or Ohio state win a big 10 championship game against Northwestern. I would take, the Big Ten Championship. Brown so, Super Bowl, Ohio State National title. It's not even a discussion. Seriously? No. One's far more scarce, though. You're not kidding. That doesn't does, doesn't affect my uh, my outlook on it. I yeah. mean, I, I, I watch as many games as I can, and I, you know, but I, I'm not. I set my life up around Ohio State football games. I mean, sometimes you. Do you see every game I, no matter what? I mean, sometimes it's, I mean, I let's put it this way. I watched. I watched Ohio State. I watched an Ohio State season opener from Australia back before streaming. Uh, I had a, uh, I had a, what was it? What was, was the it name like? One, what was it like? Midnight. It was, it was called a sling box. Yeah, yeah, I remember those. And um, you could like stream. It was streaming, but it wasn't like over the internet. It was like a way for you to like use your cable watch box your away own from TV. Your, yeah. yeah, you actually controlled your cable box. So it was at, I want to say it was at 9 a.m. On a, on a Sunday morning. I watched in a hotel in Australia. Uh, I don't even remember who they played. They, it, was a, it was a season opener. It was like they played like Marshall or something. Um, that I would do for a house. Although I did, having said that, I, a couple of years ago, I was in China and I stayed up until 1 a.m. And I, and I, and I, <laughs> I, I bought a Chinese, you were allowed to have a one week cancellation period. And I bought like a $350 Sunday ticket available in China, watched the Browns get smoked by whoever they got smoked by, not this season, but the season before. I don't remember who they played in the opener. I want to say it might even have been Kansas City. I don't remember. 
they got smoked and then I Baltimore, canceled. Baltimore, I think. Is it Baltimore? It was two years ago, 2019. Anyway, oh, I guess I have said, so I guess it's somewhat comparable, but, um, you know, Ohio State's, uh, my by the way, speaking of Australia, very excited about Ohio State's new Australian punter who I have huge expectations for because he's like 6'4". And, you know, from the Cameron Johnston, Cameron Johnson or Cameron Johnston? Johnston. You were right the first time, believe it or not. Cameron Johnston. I mean, I have extreme expectations for this kid to be um, Ray Guy material. Yeah. I don't know if you know. I don't know if you know anything about it, but. Yeah, no. One of my my most exciting recruits. It's too bad that Landis isn't on the podcast because nobody gets into good punting like like Bill. Well, Uh, he's just a relic of the Jim Trestle era. But, you know, there was times two years. What was the year that Urban, the whole Urban year? I think there were times where Cameron Johnson was a Oh, the, definitely. Best player I, on the team, or he played his position the best yeah. that anybody on the team. Played and there was position. times during the Luke Fickle year, I thought whoever that punter was might have been the best player on the team during the Luke Fickle year. People still around here talk about um, Nebraska beating Ohio State. Um, yeah, give us some Nebraska insight before I let you go. This is going way long, so just tell well, me when you're done. But I, I can't get enough of you, man. Yeah. Um, How's the, the Nebraska temperament? Well, they've lost. They've lost a bunch of their. Um, uh, uh, Spielman left the, the JD Spielman, who's arguably their most talented player, left. Um, yeah, is on TCU now. Uh, who um, who's the guy who plays uh, for the who's the running back for the um, Charlotte Panthers? Um, his dad played in the NFL for the Broncos. One of the best one of the best running backs in the NFL. McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah. His brother came to Nebraska last year, a true freshman. Huge high hopes for him. Uh, he transferred. Um, they've they lo- they've lost like three of their five most talented players uh, in this last year. Um, and uh, Scott Frost, <laughs> you know, hasn't made a bowl yet. I mean, I always say, I want you to understand. I want you to picture, as somebody who lives in Ohio, I want you to picture if there was no Cleveland Browns, no Cleveland Indians, no Cleveland Cavs, there was just Ohio state. And I want you to think about how big of a deal that would be. Creighton basketball is big here and they get like 18,000 fans a game and Creighton has been good. They won the big East this last year. Um, but there is nothing comparing to what happens for the, the, the Huskers. They and every the Huskers single time here. I say the word or write the word Nebraska in a story, I get text from somebody on an Omaha radio station to come talk about it. Yeah. Um, they have, <laughs> they have like six and seven hour post game shows. Ari. Yeah. Like, um, so there's something in the Omaha world Herald covering Nebraska football 365 days a year. And As so I should. want you to, I yeah. want you to picture that they have not been to a bowl in what, like four years. Mm-hmm something like that. And when Scott Frost was hired, this is what happened. They Their last year with Mike Riley, Scott Frost got hired and he still continued to coach uh, Central Florida for like, I think they were in a BCS, were they in a BCS bowl? Yeah, they were in a, yeah, yeah. So UCF was really good that year. The Nebraska media started covering Central Florida like it was their team because Nebraska wasn't in a bowl game. So for the month of December, they started writing stories and covering Central Florida like it was Nebraska and like the, the game was like very highly rated here because 
they wanted, you know, the team to do well. And they, you know, they wanted to analyze how he was coaching or whatever. That's how it is here. Having said that the fans are not, the fans are very, very pleasant uh, in general. You're going to find outliers, but they're very, very pleasant. Unlike Ohio state fans who at times embarrass me, <clears throat> I've never been embarrassed. And I don't care at all about Nebraska. They could lose every game. I just would like to see them win a little bit because people are in better moods when they win. And um, to give you an idea of the level, I mean, obviously Ohio State fandom is extremely high. I'm not comparing it. Um, But a couple of things you have to understand about Nebraska. I know this will defy conventional thinking. There is a ton of money here. And... I'm not comparing it to Beverly Hills. I'm not comparing it to New York City. But there is a ton of money in Omaha, Lincoln, and other parts of Nebraska. And Nebraska's facilities are spectacular. They are probably better than Ohio State's facilities across the board. Um, They want for nothing here. Just to give you an idea... Nebraska has a volleyball-only arena with suites and like a yeah. But their volleyball team is amazing, isn't it? Yes, they've won numerous national titles. They've sold out for years. They 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 have a sellout streak on their volleyball team. It's crazy. They have like a four-sided video board, like you'd see in an NBA arena, for their volleyball arena. Okay, their their basketball arena, Creighton's basketball arena in, in Omaha is spectacular. It just hosted the olympic swim trials uh they put a pool in the middle of it um creighton's baseball stadium is where the college world series is played okay that's creighton okay they are outclassed the arena in nebraska is even nicer now it's a bad environment it's even nicer than creighton's arena which has hosted ncaa regionals Mm -hmm. and the football stadium i mean memorial stadium is not ohio stadium don't get me wrong i'm not comparing it but the rest of their facilities, their practice facilities, their 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 indoor facilities—I mean, it is like first class. They they want this is not like Purdue out here or Minnesota, because some of the Big Ten West is less than you know, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, even Michigan State. There's not they're not wanting for anything. Then you come out to Purdue, Indiana, Northwestern. It's just not quite the same. Minnesota. Iowa is up there. Iowa is okay. Nebraska has everything Ohio State and Michigan have and more. Okay. And for them to not achieve, and granted, it is hard to recruit to Lincoln, but it's hard to recruit a lot of places. I would assume at one point it was hard to recruit to Tuscaloosa. Um, for them not to achieve is devastating to them. And I'm going to be honest with you. Like I, I, I have all these um, Nebraska fans around me and like, they'll say stuff to me like, well, I'm glad to see Justin. I'm, you know, I know that he, you love him, but I'm glad to see Justin Fields is going pro. I didn't want to see him again. I go, don't worry. They got another five-star quarterback behind them. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I'm not, I'm kind of not like, I'm kind of not bragging, but I am. Um, I go, they got, they got, they got two, you know, five-star kids. They got to pick in between. Um, and uh, like, they're begging and borrowing and pleading to, to try to do this here. And they're not close. They're getting farther away. Yeah. So, um, and that was a long answer, but uh, people probably don't care, yeah. but it's, well, uh, it's, it's, it's rough out. It's rough out here 
right now. And, you know, I'm just very happily going along. You know, my wife went to Ohio State Law School, so she's a big Buckeye fan. You know, for a while, I would hang a, a, a Buckeye thing on my door during football season, but I, I decided not to be one of those people anymore. So I just, yeah, not there. Uh, well, Brian, thanks so much for your time, man. Uh, I know we went way over, but it was right. awesome talking to you, and I know people are going to enjoy it. All right. Thanks for having me. Just wanted to say thank you one more time to Brian Windhorst for coming onto the show uh, during the NBA playoffs. Uh, I told him that it would be 20 minutes, but it actually went an hour. I guess that's what happens when you have good company talking about uh, Ohio State. Uh, for all of you, thanks so much for listening uh, to another edition of 4 to 6 with A and B. Next week, Bill Landis will be back uh, to have regularly scheduled programming. Um, in the meantime, if you could please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, a rate and review. Those all help uh, the show and, and the health as we continue to move forward. And, uh, of course, if you haven't signed up for The Athletic yet, do that, www.theathletic.com slash 4-6. Uh, Until then, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks.